0: Welcome to EY's Next Wave Banking in Asia-Pacific podcast. I'm Andrew Gilder, your host, and EY's Asia-Pacific Banking Capital Markets Sector Leader. In this series, we will feature insights and analysis on topics impacting the Asia-Pacific banking sector as it reinvents itself to be leaner, more agile, and customer-centric than ever. Welcome to the second episode of the EY Next Wave Banking in Asia-Pacific podcast. In this episode, we uncover the role of platforms and ecosystems as it relates to the future of banking, the importance of partnerships in a bank strategy, and how these ultimately enhance the customer experience. My guests today are both here with me in Singapore. Aman Narain, HSBC's Global Head of Platforms, and Sarab Dingra, a partner in EY's Financial Services Strategy and Transactions Practice. Hello, Aman and Sarab. Thank you for joining me today. Nice to be here, Andrew. Very exciting to be here. Aman, let me start with you. You started your career in banking and have also spent a considerable amount of time in the tech industry, working with fintechs, startups, but also tech giants. What do you think banks can learn from the tech sector? Andrew, that's a long
1: question, or there are lots of of things. But if I was to anchor on a couple or three, I'd say the first would be leveraging data to create experiences, not just to create them one time but to create them and continuously improve and develop them and make them better. I think the tech industry does that phenomenally well. Another one would be focus or sort of monomaniacal focus on the consumer. And sometimes even being open, and many times being open to competing and intensely collaborating. I'll give you an example. Google search is available on the Apple iPhone, even though Google and Apple intensely compete on devices. And that's really important for the tech industry in terms of just growing massively. The third piece around this is building for scale. And I think this is the piece which really I've been thinking really meaningfully about since coming back to financial services. For example, we talk a lot about the tail. In my time in big tech, we'd never talked about the tail because I think what you have is you have an incredibly effective digitized cost to serve where you don't have to worry about tail management, but really fattening the tail or growing the customers or growing MAUs. So I think the the real focus on building for scale would be the third one.
2: Very, very interesting, Aman. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your approach, as you mentioned these three critical points?
1: Sort of, I think it all starts with having a clean strategy, not something super elaborate, but something that is comprehensive, clean to understand, and making sure that not just you or your organization understands it, but In an environment that we operate, our partners understand that strategy and and approach. But as that adage goes, culture eats strategy for, for, for breakfast. And I think it's really fundamentally important about rewiring the DNA of the organization to get the balance right between teams that understand the constraints and control environment we operate in, but yet are able to think creatively and be able to solve for these unique opportunities that I presume we'll talk about in a bit. And then the last piece around this is delivery discipline, right? So you could, you could have a great strategy, everybody <laughs> on board, but you've got to have that delivery discipline. And going back to that previous question from Andrew, I think that's something you see. People don't talk about the tech industry, but it, the relentless focus on delivery is a huge part
0: of that. Okay, before we dive right into the detail of platforms and ecosystems, I want to start with this concept of embedded finance. And Aman, you mentioned solving for customer experience. And there's been a lot of discussion about integration and embedded finance to help enhance customer experience. Let's start first off with what's your definition of embedded finance, just a level set. Andrew,
1: financial services have evolved from being someplace you want, like a branch, to being somewhere you need it, like in your pocket with a mobile phone. Embedded finance, we believe, is the next phase of this evolution, where banking is integrated or embedded into something you're doing. Typically, it's a non-bank or what we'd call a beyond banking environment. BAS is another popular term used interchangeably with embedded finance and is the tool or the infrastructure that enables others to consume banking products on their beyond banking surfaces. These terms are often confused because they're interchangeably like a chicken and egg nature. But when it comes to embedded financial services, probably the most ubiquitous is the embedded payments landscape. But you could equally embed credit trade, FX, as we've recently announced with partners, Finastra, or even a suite of services. And an example of that is the work we're doing with Oracle NetSuite. Okay. And Sarah, how do you think about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, to add to what sort of Amund was alluding towards, right, as the name suggests, right, embedded finance is really integrating your financial services, your solutions into the customer journeys, customer journeys where they're doing their transactions. So Rather than customer coming to you, you really go to where the customer is doing the transaction, whether it's an individual or a business, and you really integrate yourself into it. Look, as the concept is not really new to financial services or banking, but it's been existing for for many years, but the relevance has become a lot more important because of the digital ecosystem evolution, as well as the nature of the transaction that the customers are doing today. Some of the examples I would say like buy now, pay later is a great example of where we see that the customer's are doing their transaction on the point of sales and the banks have actually integrated themselves into through credit solutions. So yeah, it's a concept which is becoming a lot more important in the current environment. Okay. And so you both just implied that in order to
0: deliver this integration, someone else beyond the bank and the customer is going to be involved here. So this is a good link into this concept of an ecosystem, which again is a much used term these days, uh, not just in banking but it implies that there are others in the system to provide the service, which obviously adds complexity. So starting with you, Sirab, what are the key components of an ecosystem strategy for banks who have implemented it successfully? And then I guess given that added complexity, what are the pitfalls and risks in the design and adoption of ecosystems?
2: Thanks, Andrew. I think I'll probably break the question into two. One is really the the critical or the key components of the ecosystem strategy for a bank or a financial institution to be successful. And then I'll come to the, what are the key pitfalls and risks. So maybe starting with what are the key components and what will success look like for the banks to be here, right? I think first and foremost is, as Amund started with, I think really be embedding yourself into the customer commercial journey. Really understanding where the customer problems are and, and really solving for it at At scale. That's one. The secondly, I would say, is really thinking of a holistic value proposition and taking a single one bank approach rather than a bank product or a segment approach the way some banks have thought about in the past. Thirdly, I would say partnerships. And that's, as we said, a partnership, it's about ecosystem. It's about bringing together various players who will bring either the customer access or bring the right capabilities to help solve those problems. Fourthly, the technology has to be thought differently. It has to be cloud native. It has to be open architecture, the way which will allow to better integrate various partners as well as the players in the system. And lastly, but not least, is the mindset shift. I think the, the financial institution, the banks have to make a mindset shift of doing it together with their ecosystem partners and solving the problems together and not about really building the capability themselves. So I think those are the five key components, I would say. Now, to answer your second part of your question, which is uh, what are the, some of the pitfalls or the risks that come along with this ecosystem strategy? I think the first and foremost, which some of the financial institutions and the banks have thought about is, other, is the presence of their brand. I mean, historically, banks have actually relied on their brands and to build that trust with their customer. I think now that the strategy has to be thought differently. It's more about your capabilities and solving customer problem, whether you do it yourself or with your ecosystem plus. So I think that the brand is a big factor to sort of think about differently. Secondly, as there's a huge flow of data that's happening between different players as well as the customers, the data security and the capabilities around it will be very, very important going forward. Thirdly is the whole mindset around the technology. Banks in the past have always thought about building their own IPs and technology. Now you need to rely hugely around your customers as well as your ecosystem partners to solve it. So I think that shift from sort of owning the IP versus sharing the IP and lastly, I would think about the performance management, given we are taking a very single ecosystem plus a bank approach, how will you really measure the performance or success of different parts of your bank in terms of products or the segments? So those are some of the risks or the pitfalls to think about.
0: Okay. And brand's an interesting one, because that in our research is still hugely important to the way customers choose their primary financial services provider. And it's something that banks can bring to an ecosystem. So Swinging back to you, Aman, does HSBC feel that you need to be the orchestrator of an ecosystem or be a participant? Or what other roles could HSBC play? Yeah, Andrew,
1: our purpose at HSBC is anchored on opening up a world of opportunity, as we describe it. We feel really strongly about the potential that platforms and ecosystems bring to allow us to do just that and increase domestic or cross-border trade and business. We have 157 years of experience doing this around the world by bringing together strong product capability. Platforms offer us an opportunity for exponential ROI over time as we cultivate and curate these ecosystems with partners who it's really important, as Saurabh alluded to, learn from each other. Whether that's as an orchestrator or a participant, we feel is less important. What is more important is finding new ways to collaborate, to find like-minded partners, an open operating model, and to bring out the best for the customers with us, as you alluded to just now, as a trusted partner to both the end consumer as well as our partners. This doesn't mean that we won't explore being an orchestrator ourselves. There are experiences where we feel we are naturally inclined to be that. But right now, what's more important is to build that muscle to be a great ecosystem partner, collaborating on data, economics, co-creating products, while maintaining a very high standard of ours on data privacy and
0: regulatory compliance. And turning to you, Sarah, just coming to the concept of platforms, and platforms have often been at the center of an ecosystem. So what's your sense of the role that platforms play in curating ecosystems and creating opportunities for both existing but also new players in that ecosystem?
2: look as as we discussed I think the platform or or a participant like a bank can play two different roles here right as Aman mentioned you could be an orchestrator which is essentially bringing the whole ecosystem together as well as seamlessly integrating the various capabilities the secondly you can or you can play as a banking as a service or a platform as a service role where you are providing your capabilities to enable the various players in the ecosystem obviously it creates a lot of new opportunities for existing financial institutions or banks plus also the new institutions who are, who are joining the ecosystem. First and foremost is really getting access to a large customer base, right? I mean, by definition, platform is, some, is a place where we see large number of players, parties come together, whether through either to access commerce or to really do transactions. So therefore, by nature, you have the opportunity to really acquire customer at scale. So first and foremost. Secondly, I would say that it allows you to actually get a much deeper understanding of your customer in terms of the transactional flow that's going through the platform and the access you are able to get to the data, right? So you can really, as a financial institution or a bank, you can really leverage that data to really be able to cross-sell, as Aman also mentioned, therefore be able to improve the return. which will help to reduce your cost to serve. It will help to reduce your cost of acquisition. So in summary, I would say there's a huge opportunity that a platform can create, provided it's executed properly. And Aman? It's
1: a long answer. I think a platform enables something to happen that has collective value creation with multiple parties instead of the classic value exchange of a bilateral relationship. It's like a petri dish within which you know an ecosystem can develop. And in turn, it creates this flywheel of innovation and value creation that we've talked about. You can look beyond banking. You look at what YouTube did for content creators or Alibaba did for small manufacturers all around the world. And that was create this platform that develops an ecosystem, but platforms and ecosystems also create an environment uh, where banking and beyond banking capability providers can collaborate and bring together components. If you'd like, like uh, Lego blocks that come together to deliver a uniform experience or multiple experiences, you no longer have to assemble the entire experience. I think what Saurabh was alluding to, and you can focus on your competencies and rely on others to build on theirs. I think there's a second part to this, which is equally important is that while you're creating value for the end user or customer, it is also really important to create the right value sharing relationship in this sort of multi-party ecosystem. Whether it is distribution players like SaaS providers or capability providers who could be even fintechs that banks sometimes compete with and sometimes collaborate with and increasingly collaborating with, it's really important to set that value sharing upfront. And lastly, Well, it's really important for them to be a level playing field with an appreciation of the contribution of each other and understanding and resolving
0: problems together rather than at each other. And where are you as HSBC at on the, the journey to platform banking? Andrew, we as an
1: industry, I'd like to think, are at the end of the beginning of the embedded finance journey. Whether it's a handful of pioneering banks like us or who are committed to this, or a group of fintechs that are focused on this. I was in New York on leave last week, but took a sidebar and had, had a, had a grab lunch with a bass leader from a popular fintech, DecaCon, and, and he, he remarked to me, he said, Aman, this stuff is hard. We agree. We're not doing this because it's easy. We're doing this because it has an ability to transform the industry. It has an ability to serve customers, both the flow as well as the stock of our customers, and considerably grow that. We've announced a few partnerships. I mentioned Finastra and NetSuite, and we've got a couple more we'll be sharing soon. But when you're writing the playbook, you're the first few climbing partners are really important, and we are really being thoughtful around who we partner with in this journey. The common misconception or oversimplification, if you'd like, of embedded finance is that you externalize what you already do, and you're on your way. Of course, we are very focused on APIs and have been told we're in a leading back on that. But there's a considerable amount of work to do at the back of the kitchen, Andrew, in terms of onboarding, servicing, credit decisioning, where we are relentlessly working and, and believe our experience as a regulated entity allows us to add significant value to any partner that joins with us. So that's where we are on the journey. We're tracking well, but you know, we've got miles to go before we hang mission accomplished sign.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm sure that's the case. We've spent a lot of time talking about platform strategies for banks. But I think we all, at the end of the day, do what we do because of our customers and our clients. So let's bring it back to what's in it for the customer. Maybe starting with you, Aman, the customer value here that's going to be created.
1: We talked earlier about sort of the third wave of uh, innovation of financial services with embedded finance. Customer behavior and expectation has transformed by their experience in other industries. And we're aiming to help serve those customers in, in a number of meaningful ways, but I'll, I'll point to three. It's about instant insight and integration. So instant is how customers want their services. In the age of Amazon Prime and same-day delivery on the consumer side, it's all about minutes. And on the business side, it's still about days, but we believe that that will change. And so Instant is going to become a really big part of this. The second is about insight, which is really gaining traction. If you're going to be the purveyor of the customer's data and customers are increasingly want you to know them better and by offering them the right products at the right time and provide meaningful insight to them. So that insight is really important. And then the third part of this is the core of what Embedded Finance is about is, is about integrated experiences. We talked about where the customers not, going to where the customer is doing their activity rather than being in their pocket. We've all witnessed the move from physical to digital channels. Now we're increasingly seeing the need to be at the surface of choice for the customer, whether it's their favorite SaaS provider or their preferred marketplace. So that's where we see this heading and the value creation for the end customer business.
0: Okay, that sounds, as a customer of HSBC myself, that all sounds good. So we've talked about collaboration and we've talked about partners and you've described this build as being a journey that you're on. What's your view, or I guess the HSBC view of working and collaborating with partners? Can you share a little bit more about how HSBC is approaching that partnering journey?
1: You know, Andrew, there's been a lot of articles written about the need. I recently read one by Andreessen Horowitz on, on why platforms or SaaS players need to work with banks or fintechs. And I think having read them, they address the what, but the how, as you refer to it, is critical. We're doing a number of things differently. And if I touch on them, the first is we've organized ourselves as the platform team inside HSBC, like a fintech. We are building product and engineering teams who are, if you'd like, bilingual and can talk banking and tech in the same breath with our partners who increasingly want to do that or only want to do that. We're also bringing a different DNA, as I referred to earlier, to the strong banking gene pool that we already have. We're hiring folks from tech or startup, as well as introducing new job families in, in the organization, like design thinkers or service designers and customer success teams or growth hackers. These are all germane to a technology or a startup, but new, relatively speaking, to commercial banking. The second is our approach to partnerships. Uh, we're doing things differently then. We're moving from that classic vendor-supplier relationship to one of a co-creator or collaborator. As the largest commercial bank in the world, we have the ability to shape the industry with partners from big tech to fintech. And we've been also significantly increasing the sophistication in which how we select partners and go about working with them. Third and last is uh, we are rethinking and rewiring the way in which we build and orchestrate solutions using data, as Saurabh talked about, and third parties in ways that we previously have not. So I think if I was to sort of boil it down to our secret sauce, though, is our culture. We are working really hard to create this culture inside our organization that allows for, as I referred to earlier, a continuous innovation while being mindful of the dynamic landscape and regulatory
0: environment we're in. Okay, let's try and pull a few of these threads together into real-life examples and I'll start with you, Sarah. What powerful use cases do you see emerging as banks begin to conceive the integration of platforms, products,
2: and these partnerships? Thanks for the question, um, Andrew. I mean, as you rightly said, this is sort of an evolution, right, or emerging use cases. I mean, we've seen there's a huge evolution that's happening across the banking as well as the financial services space. I mean, initially, we saw payments as one of the, the strongest use case that came up on the platforms that was really able to simplify the payments across the whole value chain. But now there are many other use cases that are evolving. Maybe I can start with on the retail or the customer or the consumer side of the business. We've seen housing, housing ecosystem has evolved very, very effectively, where the mortgages as well as the insurance solutions have been very well embedded into the house discovery, agency management, or even the housing buying or as well as renting solutions So enable the the customer to see a sort of a one-stop shop for their solutions. And we've seen these solutions really effectively emerge in many of the developed markets, including Australia, where the banks have been able to create platforms that the customer can just go on and be able to do sort of get all access to their housing needs. Now, let's look at the the other side in terms of insurance as well, where the the insurers are trying to integrate themselves very well uh, with their health and life insurance solutions into the the medication and wellness uh, customer journeys. Especially we've seen that a lot in the emerging markets where the healthcare access is still very limited and many digital platforms are trying to use those platforms to reach out to the customer. And that's where the insurers as well as the banks are trying to integrate themselves to offer an end-to-end sort of service. Now, let me see. all talk about a little bit on the business banking or the commercial banking side as well. The first and foremost that comes to my mind is the MSME platform, right? Where many non-banking as well as the banking players are coming together to offer end-to-end services such as accounting, expense management, legal advisory to really create a one-stop platform for some of the small business players who don't need to necessarily go to many players to uh, platforms to find those services and therefore banks can play a central role to orchestrating that platform. The second uh, use case I see which has a huge value that can be created around the, actually supply chain or the value cringe financing. Today, or historically, we've seen banks have only been able to sort of serve the first tier or the second tier of the supply chain. But by creating a platform which brings a visibility across the multiple tiers, we'll be able to actually solve a huge industry problem of financing as well as a sort of a single view of the payments and transactions. Another area where we see huge development is a platform as a service where some of the financial institutions are really leveraging their technology and the capabilities built over the years and really trying to commercialize those and bringing it to the other financial institutions or fintechs. Some examples of it could be credit underwriting, where we have seen banks actually leverage their capability and bring it and commercialize. And also research, where especially the discovery of some of the the debt, as well as the equity solutions in the market, that can be brought to the other financial institutions and really be able to create a new revenue stream for the financial institutions. Another great example I've seen, this is going again beyond banking and looking at the insurance side where the healthcare solutions have been really brought into the medication and the wellness customer journeys, particularly in the countries, in the emerging markets where the healthcare is still an area where the access is quite limited. And there are a lot of digital solutions that are emerging and therefore the banks as well as the, the insurers are partnering there. Looking at the commercial side of the banking, I would say SME or MSMEs is one area where we've seen the platforms emerging very well. Bringing the various non-banking solutions such as accounting, expense management, or or advisory services under a single platform and enabling through the credit as well as the payment solutions by the bankers is really creating a one-stop platform for the MSMEs to really solve their end-to-end problem and not just the banking solutions, right? another great example i would say is value chain financing where there are platforms that are emerging trying to solve the deep tier financing issue which is historically the banks have only stayed at the first or second tier but now with the enablement of a platform you're able to actually go to deep tier of the supply chain and therefore solve those problems and lastly i would say there are solutions in the as a platform as a service particularly on the market side where the banks are actually leveraging their capabilities and trying to commercialize such as credit underwriting models, as well as some of the research capabilities and enabling other financial institutions in this space. So I would say still, it's a journey or evolution that we're seeing across different parts of the banking. And the banks are getting a lot more innovative in the way they are able to leverage and create new use cases around it. Okay, thanks. Well, it's been a fascinating
0: discussion so far. and Both of you have outlined a, a really bold vision for collaboration for the benefit of customers. So let's bring it to a close. But based on the discussion today, what's one piece of advice or takeaway that you'd give to a CEO or a, a banking business leader today listening to the podcast? Let's start with you, Saurabh.
2: Yeah, I would say I think the biggest change or the shift that needs to be made here is around the mindset or the DNA of the organization. I mean, moving away from thinking like just being owning the space to actually sharing the space, which is about collaboration and really working with your partners to create value for your customers, as well as the whole ecosystem, So, which is a huge mindset shift. So I think that, to me, will be the core of it. Obviously, there are other enablers that need to happen in the organization to be successful around it. Okay, and Aman?
1: Andrew, I've given you a lot of long answers, so I'll give you a short one. And this is to anybody leading in financial services. It's a favorite phrase of mine is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go further, go together.
0: Well, what a great way to finish. Let's leave it there. Aman and Sarah. thanks again for joining me today and sharing your insights. Thank you. You have listened to the EY Next Wave Banking in Asia Pacific podcast. To learn more about EY, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at ey.com forward slash banking. If you'd like to have a further conversation on what you've just heard or learn more about joining our team at EY, please contact us via the details found in the description. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.